0: I compliment. Um I really like your accent. I really love listening to your accent. Um, the Missouri accent is
1: not
2: one I've had a ton of exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Damn response. it. I tried.
1: Hi, guys. Leave
2: these
1: in. Leave these in. The Missouri accent is not one I've had. You got some editing
0: to do, buddy. Part of these I'll probably throw with the last chucked voicemails we got. And maybe I'll try to release a special episode at some point. Oh
1: yeah. Okay.
0: The the question is, I might like. uh, Why
3: don't you just give Kristen her own episode?
0: That's what I'm saying. We went along enough on this that like. That's not
3: cutting. That's not cutting out her. That's not cutting her out. That's highlighting it.
0: Right. Right. Well, it would be. We have others that I'd put with it. Don't we have some Uh, others that we can throw with too? So that would be one whole episode. Ah, nice. Which I think it's fine. All right. Hey guys. Um, so this it won't be a regular episode. This will be us trying to um use some stuff that maybe didn't work quite so well for the regular podcast. Maybe some of it's kind of goofy. Some of it might be longer voicemail than we want to use going forward, but and some of it might be stuff just like this. I don't know. Let us know how you feel about all this and give us a call with nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight maybe we'll do more stuff like this going on maybe we'll just cut your stuff and not use it or you know we'll see how things go but we really enjoyed all your calls there's some great stuff in here if you don't like one call you might like the next um and us talking about ourselves anyways enough from me here's some chaff
2: (laughs) you know obviously the original series the eugenics war so it wouldn't do quite this story but this is really a message episode in terms of Kirk goes back and teaches people in the past how it should be even though he's not supposed to. The only caveat here is... That we listened we're to this one, didn't
1: we? Yeah, was gonna I was going to say after. Yeah, it. we did.
3: I thought, man, people bring up the same goddamn points they were last
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> That's psych. Oh,
3: just,
1: just keeping you in your toes there. Oh, yeah, uh,
3: I was about to tear Greg a new one when he got off the phone <laughs> the, with me. Greg,
1: Greg how of, did I'm you say of the of exact it. same thing?
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, but, oh buh, buh, okay, it's gonna
1: turn out that we don't have uh, any folks
0: yeah, right, okay, uh twenty three okay, okay, yeah, no, we ended with uh, all right, sorry, Um. Uh, well, that'll get cut, <laughs> <laughs> Alright <laughs> we didn't hear from Adam drive time last week, did we? This is Adam who is drive time on Twitter, it's spelled with a y he pretty active with us on Twitter and thanks a lot for all the support there but uh, I think we're we're just we've got a couple of more fascination backups to do and
4: good afternoon gentlemen this is Adam P. Newton also known as at drive time on Twitter a long time listener first time caller I can't believe it's the first time calling in is because of fascination which is a terrible episode yet I come to Give it more credit than you gave it on the episode. It is not the worst, uh, so far in this season that does go to Meridian. I mean, it was boring and terrible and one long 45 minute eye roll of a farce. At least with Fascination, we get lots of laughter and we, well, laughter, laughter from the audience. It gave me something to laugh at continually. Yes, it was rueful, laugh about how terrible the plot was, but when you look at it, had redeeming points. Basically, I could, I, if Avery is directing it, I could see him getting the script and saying, okay, folks, okay, Cass, this is awful, this is terrible, let's have fun with it. He told me to be as campy and as goofy and as TOS original trick as possible in terms of overacting and being silly and goofy. But you get his smiles, you get Odo grimacing every time lazana uh, touched him you get Terry Farrell being over the top. Um, it's redeemable just because you can tell that the cast is kind of doesn't like the script they're given and they're doing the best they can with it. It's, again, it's more enjoyable than Meridian. Meridian was terrible and boring. This is at least, I can laugh at it and so while I'm hoping for something better. Um, so yeah, that's it. Keep doing what you're doing. And um, pray V.A. Kong!
3: <laughs> ah okay so this is the old move along home defense uh i believe i made the same argument for season one when we were discussing what was the worst episode in season one i think folks would say you guys would say move along home was the worst and then i would say something like babble's the worst because babble was like a slog to get through but move along home was at least entertaining so i think he's i think he's using the move along home defense for fascination. <laughs> and I tell you what, I really didn't, I did not foresee people coming, like, knives out, like, coming out the bat for fascination. Yeah,
0: right. Evolve. This kind
3: of surprises me. I'm I'm really out of touch with, I live in my, my left wing Twitter bubble. And <laughs> I, I had no idea what the real people out there were thinking about fascination.
1: <laughs> well, he is giving it, I mean, he's giving it faint praise. He's saying that it's not as bad as another episode. But I didn't enjoy this one at all. I didn't
3: I think like... that the, there, he's saying that there's a certain level of acceptable camp because and it always comes back to the it always comes back to the new series. I mean, the, uh, the original series with the fans. Yeah, that there there's an acceptable level of camp with the with this any Star Trek that the fans will accept because of the original because they feel like it's in the DNA of what they love. And I don't know how much at this point in Star Trek history, they're doing so many more interesting things. I'd like to see them get away from that.
1: I think that's what it is, is that I'm not... Yeah, that we're trying to like... You know, my love for Deep Space Nine is that it's a different... It takes the show, the premises, the whole the whole concept to a deeper level. So, so I, I don't feel like I can critique it too much with the hey, guys, it's Star Trek, you know? And I just yeah. don't want to, like, I don't want to use that.
0: I think there's certain something to be said about, hey, it's Star Trek. It should be fun, you know? Like, there's a certain fun-loving adventure goofiness that is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Fascination met that bar for for me, personally. I thought it was garbage. I mean, I think... But I think... because I it, mean,
3: the Odo-Lexuana stuff, I can see the appeal to that because that's, like, a yeah. running thing. I mean...
0: There's a way to do campy fun well that sometimes, sometimes Deep Space Nine will pull off. Uh, I'm thinking of one, especially talking about the original series that episode later on that goes on. That oh, I'll agree with that. That yeah. that was fun. And there, I felt even,
1: I, might, I might hate it on a rewatch. Just watch me. But
0: uh, <laughs> right, right. But
1: no, yeah.
0: Uh, I, a, it'll be
3: I, interesting to see how much um old dude who's doing the new show Discovery. What's that guy's name? The showrunner? Well, well it's not well, Brian Fuller anymore. Hamilton. <laughs>
0: Huh? there's no uh, I'm-
3: Hannibal are oh, you were I, saying I, Hannibal? I was like that was me <laughs> screwing up the Han- yeah. yeah
0: was- Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing the new Star Lin-Manuel Trek. Miranda is
3: yeah the- Lin-Manuel. holy <laughs> shit yeah he's doing everything else so uh why not just give him a Star Trek <laughs> do everything um no uh Hannibal is what I was thinking of the, the that guy uh, well yeah
0: whenever- he's off he's off the show well, I, I know quit. he's
3: off the show now but he basically got this thing up and running so what we're gonna see in the first season is pretty much all him as far as well it
0: was i'm I'm, well, I'm a little nervous but that's a whole other podcast we should have well about i'm the yeah
3: oh and we will have that conversation i'm sure but <laughs> yeah it, it is interesting i mean how much of this acceptable level of camp will be carried going forward i agree
0: right yeah and there's there's camp and then there's so bad it's good and then there's just well done and then there's trash. If we're getting all RuPaul about it,
1: maybe it's also that Deep Space Nine does. Maybe Deep Space Nine does camp really poorly. So far,
0: I'd say it does.
1: Because that that gets back to my big, the sort of the thing that's sort of punishing me on this on this watch is that there is a there's a, a lack of charisma on the cast, right? And I
0: wouldn't even call it camp. It's just it's just not good. And it's not, it's not camp, it's not like... Yeah,
1: but whenever... but I've am i I'm
3: said camp because I, the caller... There's a
0: certain amount brings of... ...brings up I'd, the
3: original series, you know,
0: so that's... I right. mean, defining camp is weird, too, but, like, I'd say, look, Suana have a, has a certain amount of camp about her.
1: Yes, but. she's got a, a way of, like, an old professionalism. I think Armand Shimmerman does camp very well. Yeah, yeah. I think probably uh, Rene Abergenois, even though he's playing a character that can't let that go, like, can't sort of let it loose can play within the confines of that. Right. But like, I don't think that's in Cole Meany's wheelhouse. <laughs> no. Like he doesn't have like a touch of like the, like the Scotty, you know, the James Doohan, you know, he doesn't have that sort oh, I'd of, I'd say
0: he's got the, some Doohan in him, but
1: I don't know. Not, not, he that, have kind a of, not that
3: kind of doohan. Not a drop. Well,
0: hey, hey, you don't,
3: maybe, maybe, if not, maybe not, if not, you n- n- take their shirts off, their nipples look the same, <laughs> but, other than that, I don't think not so. Not in
0: the goofy, not the campy, goofy Doohan, but I'd say he has some Doohan in him, but just not what we're talking about here.
1: I think that probably Doohan could probably do some serious stuff. I mean, like, let's, let's admit it, probably James Doohan and his, uh, that, guy, that guy had a, that guy was a war hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. war hero. He killed Nazis. <laughs> like a well, war hero. Son, did
3: he lose a grandson on the Enterprise? Did he lost some kin on the Enterprise?
1: Oh, you mean the character?
0: Yeah. Oh, probably. I
3: mean, we have oh, yeah. seen... Oh,
0: James is talking about, seen, like... I'm talking uh, about James like, Doohan was an American James hero. James killed Nazis for real. <laughs> I
3: know. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, no, 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 I know like, that. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is that you've seen that range in the movies from from Scotty. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think so. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but you also can see him, like, selling the alub- transparent aluminum <laughs> to the guy from right, 1984. Right. And, like, you know, you see him yeah. do some goofy, fun stuff, and you know that he's good for that. Like, yeah,
0: say what you will about the Star Trek V. I love when he hits his head. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, like if you have a, like if I had a crying infant, I feel like that probably a, like five minutes in a room with James Doohan, he could probably be grinning and happy. You know, like James Doohan's a performer. And the way that I think Bill Shatner's a performer, in a way that maybe Leonard Nimoy wasn't, Leonard Nimoy was a more serious actor. Yeah. And I, you know, and, maybe struggled under some of the camp but they he was he was put in a position to where he didn't have to like carry the camp from the original series I don't know. he got to play yeah. against I- it but I think that when you hand non Na- nana visitor and Terry Pharrell, when you hand these people like camp material they don't have the, uh-huh. the sort of the, the cat skills nature I don't nature, know. I, stand, I stand by my like.
0: assertion that Terry Farrell was the, some of the best acting in fascination so
1: yes I agree no I agree with that too because I think it was a that was more like that was sort of a soap opera
0: yeah she she, she was
1: more in her wheelhouse
0: yeah yeah all right well I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of that but we should move on
3: <laughs> but yeah. I I think the point is is that I appreciate the callers coming out for fascination I think that's kudos to you guys yeah, yeah. thanks for the call
1: BuzzFeed has a click-through that's like, how many dicks can you see in this picture? But it's like one of those, like, are you colorblind tests? And they're very wow. well hidden, the dicks. So I'm trying to find... So I'm doing a, can I find the dicks? Are you partially colorblind, James? No, it's not like that at all. It's actually... It's not for... the. It's like... It's... They're very, is it, is very it similar the, shade. Is it for the very
0: color... Is, or is it... Shading. Is it... Is it a highlights magazine or is it a it's, magic eye?
1: It's like that they're very <laughs> subtle color variations in the dick shape. So, like, it's hard to see.
0: All right. I don't know what that means, but uh, I'll send you a link.
1: <laughs> all right. S- s- send me that dick link, James.
0: I want that dick link. Uh. I hope my girlfriend's asleep. Uh, I don't know why I needed to mention that. Whatever. This one's different because this one's got Uh, which
1: one's the biggest dick. I think that one's. Oh, okay. Okay. Very interesting.
0: Anyways, (laughs) that'll get cut out. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, I forgot this guy's name, but. uh, All right. I'm going to go just get in it. And hey, can...
1: hey, we f- we forgot your what we forgot your name, guy.
0: Oh yeah, well he'll say it, and then <laughs> yeah, it'll be. a We thing. should edit that out too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm gonna edit a lot of this out. All right, here we go.
5: What's up, guys? Uh, this is Austin from Chicago, uh, for better or for worse, making this call from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I just want to say you guys do a great podcast. Uh, love the fact. Uh, I guess think what you guys have on other Star Trek podcasts, and you're the only one I listen to now. I've uh, made the made the switch. Is that you guys aren't afraid to go there, tell it like it is. Even uh, say the F word, the P word every once in a while. Which uh, I feel like a lot of other Star Trek podcasts kind of walking on eggshells. Blah blah blah. But on the other side of the coin, you know, you make it uh, subtly clear you're not a uh, I don't know how to say this, uh, low-key Trump fans. So best of both worlds, you guys, happy medium, I'm loving it. Uh, that being said, I want to talk about the uh, last episode of Fascination, which uh, I want to preface this with saying Deep Space Nine, one of my top three favorite shows of all time. Uh, when I try to convince friends to watch it that it kind of turned off by the whole concept or aren't the Star Trek, I always say, this is one of the best pieces of media ever created. Which always seems like a really bold claim, but I really believe that. I think it touches on like everything a person can go through. And really v- very poignant, especially in the later seasons, very poignant to today's time. So, always trying to convince people to watch the show, love the show. Uh, and so, it might be a little odd that I am actually a fan of the episode Fascination. And I'm not just trying to be a contrarian, I really like the show, but I guess I'm kind of weird. Uh, yep. <laughs> all my favorite shows, the kind of thing they have in common is I like end up feeling like not just watching a show, I'm like hanging out with my pals. like I feel like I'm friends with them all. So I guess I uh, might be a little younger than you guys. when I was a kid, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z every single day and there's these big arcs where they're like fighting, 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 15, 20 episodes. and then in between after the big arc, I'm just chilling, playing volleyball, uh, eating food and just bullshitting for a couple episodes and I was always like. Just love those little episodes. Same as playing like RPG video games, like the boring little in-between times when you're just chit-chatting with the shop owner and stuff. So I, I like those little mundane moments, so maybe that's, you know, why I'm a fan of this uh, very hated episode. But I do like Fascination. Um, it's not even just like getting to know the characters more. It's also, it's just the funniest episode of d Space Nine. I, I, honestly, it's the fun. I, I, I loved it as soon as I saw it. It just comes in... The Troy lady is in love with Odo, which I just think is hilarious. The concept of, like, Odo, sexy hunk. Like, I don't know. I couldn't get over I was dying. Uh, this lady just being this older, uh, kind of, like, you know, respected lady just thinking Odo. Oh, what a fine piece. Uh, so I, was, I just automatically was sold just the concept of seeing a lady be in love with Odo. Beyond that, I mean, it's just, like, all the awkwardness. I guess I like awkward stuff. Even Jake in love with Kira. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know. It's funny. Uh, it also is, I don't know, it just kind of reminds me of real life in a way. Like, when uh, Dax is, like, oh, baby, Cisco," And, like, oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, Bashir. It's, I mean, it sucks that it made him like work on the big day off. Even Odo took a break, and Bashir's having to like do pointless tests. But I mean, it is what it is. Uh, oh yeah, Breyel, guys. Uh, yeah, what a sick, what a sick and twisted mofo. Uh, I'm not trying to like blame the actor for the role he got, but if you really look at Beryl's like lines, his roles, not that twisted of a character, but the actor just makes him. Such a, like, a a sicko. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that the actor that plays him is, like, either in jail for something creepy or, like, he's married to a 15-year-old, like, convinced uh, her parents, like, to sign off. Like, oh, I'll teach her to become a big actor. I'm a, I'm a serious actor. I don't know. Real creepy guy. Can't wait for him to be off the show forever. Um, which you know, obviously, I don't know how many more episodes he's in. Doesn't he? Does he die? I don't know. But um, yeah, guys, uh, I I don't know. I think it's a funny episode. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm just more open-minded. These little lighthearted breaks in the action. Uh, but yeah. Offering another opinion. I also want to, you know, give my utmost respect for you guys for constantly defending, uh, what's-her-name, <laughs> O'Brien's Keiko, guys. You guys, Team Keiko, Keiko Warriors, that's awesome. Personally, I agree with uh, the rest of the fandom. Unlike Burial, though, I think that she's kind of forced into this. The writers are always making her the most uptight, mean. So I don't blame the actress at all, but... Um, but yeah, guys, just alternate viewpoint, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, I assume you're going to leave it, but, uh, enjoyed the episode. Thought it was hilarious. Love the concept of Odo as a hunk. Uh, love when Odo flips out. I'm shit. No, stop. Just, I don't know, all around awkward hilarity. Uh, yeah, definitely a throwaway, but, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Cool. Um, thanks, guys. Have a great one. Keep up the good work. Uh, I'll be listening uh, every week. All right. Peace, guys.
3: Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I appreciate what Austin is saying here because while I, I think the episode we dedicated for, to Fascination, everybody knows that I disagree with him, the fact that he made a case uh-huh. – this is what I like about the Collins – he he, he he legitimately, yeah, okay. Austin, you're not being a con, con, contrarian. I mean, I think that's obvious that you're coming from like a real place of affection for this particular episode and you actually make it, you know, your own strong case why you like it i think that's all we can ask for on these call-ins you know what i mean you know he's coming from a different perspective um on what he looks looks for in the show and i agree with him that it is a hard like it's when you tell people who are not star trek fans that deep space nine is like one of the best things ever on tv (laughs) that it's like a hard pill to swallow and i think that's you know so i kind of appreciate his uh (laughs) he's got like a tough road to hoe there but um yeah. Sure. I, I I'll I'll, I'll, I'll but grant no, i but no, I, 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 yes. I, I hope we played that call unedited because I really because I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that call. Austin, awesome. thank you very much for calling. I think that yeah, we are two we're three socially conscious people who uh didn't vote for Trump and we're you know not afraid to throw uh you know a spit roast joke out every once in a while. So, I don't know, I think maybe the margin is sort of thin for that kind of uh thing in the podcasting world. Is that the impression you guys get?
1: Or at least with Star Trek like he says. Uh, yeah. Star Trek's pretty they're uh they're they're very all ages. I I will say I've noticed that about no, a so lot of awesome. the Star Thanks Trek. Awesome. Thanks for the podcast. call. I like um uh the Dragon Ball Z reference.
3: <laughs> uh that was a highlight for me. personally. Yes. All right, Wade. What, yeah, what else? I, we I'm glad you called. Did we lose weight? <laughs>
4: Here
3: we go. Oh, gone?
0: sorry. I had it on mute. <laughs> I was like, why can't you hear me? I was yelling so much. <laughs> oh yes. Sorry again. We may, we might not have included that whole call. just, we try to keep it under three minutes just because we try to keep the run time down, but I really appreciated all of that. Awesome. That was great. Keep calling back, whatever you need to do. But, uh, yeah, I agree with everything y'all just said. Uh, the thing I said in the when y'all weren't hearing of me, I was like, "Yeah, we like to, we're, I, you know, pro, we're everything." But you know, I feel weird saying the p word on the podcast. I yeah,
1: I I would agree. Uh, well, no, I
0: don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know you don't have any qualms. I'm, but I'm I'm more of a pro. Well, I mean, I you don't know.
1: know. Like at this point, it's a pretty cultivated fans right I, yeah, yeah i try to never use i try to you know I, I there's a way to be crass without being like offensive yeah we're
0: not trying to offend anybody
1: yes so so that's what yeah. i yes. and if
0: you are i mean call in we'd like to hear your viewpoint
1: things like the dangerous john conversation i got yeah that got me that gave gives me pause
0: because well, there's all I, kinds of... i don't
1: know our Viet Cong conversation i felt like i needed to
3: sit on
6: the bench
0: because of <laughs> right. that one
3: that one gotten yeah. made me a little bit nervous <laughs> i don't
0: i don't, I don't want to be talking well, about that, killing hookers or hookers at all every podcast cuz i don't yeah yeah
1: was, no 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 that was but that was well, the conversation with there but
0: yeah, that well went,
3: and i don't want an angry john McCain voicemail
0: so i think we are
3: even.
1: <laughs> <laughs> even who calls friends of
0: larry <laughs> yeah, right. uh, topical um Mm. All right, so <laughs> I was from Austin in Chicago, from Brooklyn, or some other city combination. There's a lot of cities in there in your name. All right. We got one more listener to hear from. We have Kristen from Toronto. All right. I think this will be a good one. She's a newer listener. She's got some stuff to talk about. Let's go. (laughs) Do this.
2: Hi, guys. This is Kristen from Toronto. I have a couple of observations, two questions, a compliment, and a recommendation. So first of all, I wanted to say I really enjoy the show. I started listening a few weeks ago, and I've just caught up. I think you guys are really funny and thoughtful. And as a longtime Deep Space Nine fan, I just love that someone, anyone, is doing a podcast about it because it's not exactly current in the star trek world but it's great so my observations first of all i kind of like julian's surgical scrubs you talk about them being kind of ridiculous and yeah okay maybe they are but they remind me of um if you've ever seen a david cronenberg movie called dead ringers jeremy irons plays twin creepy gynecologist and there's a climactic surgery scene where he wears these creepy red surgical scrubs and that's what julian reminds me of here and I just think it's kind of awesome, and overall, the fashion in Star Trek, and in Deep Space Nine in particular, is also just amazing, and I think that it's great they extended that detail to what a Starfleet doctor would wear during surgery, because why wouldn't they dress up as a weird, creepy cardinal, so I'm not going to tell you that I think Bashir is a great actor, or anything like that, or that he's hot, because he's definitely not, and he's not a great actor, and he's kind of scrawny and simian looking, but I kind of feel like he's okay, you know, he's fine. He's an acceptable mid-90s television actor.
1: He's above the Mendoza line of television. you him.
2: guys should just kind of get over it. Like, he's never going to be great. He's okay. And I'm not going to defend Terry Farrell's acting because you can't. <laughs> say like every Star Trek show has its designated hot chick and I think it is quite weird that the show went with Kira as the designated hot chick on DS9 because well the Na uh, visitor is a very attractive woman I just can't see how you would compare her to Terry Farrell and be like you know who I want to put in a weird leather dominatrix outfit that one. Anyway, that's just me. What do I know? So my question, um, I was wondering how you guys met and got to know each other and also decided to do a Deep Space Nine podcast because I was just interested. And uh, the other question was, James and Hugh have both mentioned being dads. Um, and I wanted to know, have you introduced your kids to Star Trek? And what do they think of it? I have two kids, uh, but my oldest is only five. And we've watched a bit of TNG and a bit of the animated series. And he hasn't been that into it yet which is fine, but I was wondering what your kids think of it and if it's something you want to share with them. And my compliment, um, I really like your accents. I really like listening to your accents. Um, the Missouri accent is not one I've had a ton of exposure to, and I think it's quite melodious <laughs> in ways. I like your gentle, southern, slightly southern drawl. And my recommendation, um, if you guys want to watch something else, I really like The Expanse. It's also a uh, space... All right,
0: that cut out, but she left another one, and I'll just jump straight into that because she went over her three minutes. But this is a great call, so yeah, this
3: is yes, yeah, this is great. She's, yeah, yeah. So, she's spitting straight fire, so yeah,
0: yeah. So we'll just jump into the, her last thirty-five seconds, and then we'll talk about it.
2: Okay. Hi guys, this is Kristen from Toronto again. I got cut off. I just wanted to say my recommendation was I really like the expanse. Um, sci-fi at 10 p.m. on Wednesdays and um, it's also space opera but people are terrible and nasty and mean to each other it's like the opposite of Star Trek we're in space but humanity hasn't changed at all um, yeah and it's a lot of fun and if you can't quite get your project together uh, making Wade watch Enterprise which is with his eyes held open out at Clockwork Orange I don't know this might be fun in the interim <laughs> anyway tells our Joy one to beam out <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot to go into there uh, Kristen, for that, but that, that was, was pretty great.
3: Yeah. Yes. Let's let's unpack, Kristen. Kristen, thanks again for the call. That was that was a great call. Yeah. You know, you've picked up on Wade has been living in New York City for what 15 years now.
0: Uh. Yes. Yeah, so 2002. So. You
3: still have you. I still and maybe it's talking to James that brings it out a little bit, but you still have a little bit of a draw.
0: Well, like, well you know, it's it's possibly. <laughs> uh when when i record the cod the cod past the podcast and i'm only digging my hole deeper now um maybe i have a few drinks yeah <laughs> maybe it comes out a little bit more slower it
1: comes out a little slower that's something that i found in my my accent too is that it's that we're recording late at
0: night a yeah, lot of times. The, the more and, and, uh, we and, should get and, into
1: our or origin story for Kristen because
3: she asked how we all met. She,
0: she did do that,
1: and yeah. it's
3: kind of a that's kind of a long story. But I think James could probably give the briefest explanation of the timeline
1: because me and Wade were friends in high school. Me and Wade and Lane his in uh, Jackson, Tennessee. In Jackson, Tennessee, right. yeah. And I went to college in Jackson in a college in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, Hugh went to the same college. We became fast friends. And then my high school friend and my college friend melded into, like, <laughs> right. one Voltron-like friend friendship. Right, right, so, right. Because well, we had shared interests, and each of us all had... Wade was
3: basically all interested in the same stuff that I was. It was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 We
3: became fast
0: friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our love so, of yeah. Elephant 6.
1: Elephant <laughs> 6 and, and <laughs> comic books. Yeah, they had that. Yeah, yeah. You, and just, like... We were all big comic and book And
3: we were science fiction dorks like we like i recognize wade pretty much like right off the bat like <laughs> oh I'm, I'm i'm into all the same stuff this guy's into yeah and
1: we all had pretty much the same yeah. s- we were all theater we all had a theater back at that right. time right. Yeah, yeah we
0: yeah james and i were in plays in high school and and I met Hugh on a play in college, James and I so, were in yeah. plays
3: in college, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's sort of our origin story. A few yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. we, you know, said that we all lamented that we don't get to do enough stuff together over the time because we have families. Mm-hmm. Right. So we decided to do a podcast together, and somehow I think we landed on Star Trek because of our mutual interest in television history. I guess. Yeah, I didn't history. know that. I mean,
0: I knew that you were enough Star Trek, Hugh, but I didn't know James had any interest. I
1: went to, well, in the interim, during our sort of starting of our adult phases... I went through a period
0: where... Right. Because I hadn't talked to you for like 10 years, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We started talking, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we hadn't talked for a long time. And then in that... Like, you came when I moved to New York, you know, we were all Mm -hmm. at your wedding and everything. Yes. And then he had been at you
1: fast, is what we're saying.
0: Yeah, (laughs) he had been up to visit me a couple times, and then, (laughs) yeah, it had been a long time. And then but, you know, we're pretty tight, so yeah. we reconnect. And I'm,
1: the wor- I'm the world's worst of, like, well, keeping track. Right. But, like, no, like, yeah. And I don't, if we didn't do this podcast, I don't think, we text all the time. I don't think I would talk to you. Like, we don't talk. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but yeah. we text well, like we crazy. We didn't text but, before yeah, the no, podcast
0: uh, as much. I didn't. You and Hugh, maybe, but I don't that's know. That's true. That is true. Yeah, no, no.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, we had to, yeah. So we we all met up and it was, it was. uh so we're, yeah. We, this sort of a new
3: James, a rekindling
1: of an old friendship. Right, right. James
3: has a nine-year-old, almost 10 year old son yes and a what is she four now your daughter's four she's
1: four yeah okay, my so, daughter's four
3: so nine and four and what how do they feel about star trek and then i'll get into my kids
1: <laughs> well oh well, the four year the four-year-old girl she's not, not, right. not, okay. not interested in it <laughs> not really uh no daniel is daniel would rather watch that when i'm forcing him to watch what i'm watching other than like yeah, some yeah. other shows <laughs> that I I would force to I force He's him to sit through. He's not there. into The Wire, but <laughs> no, no yeah, well, <laughs> I'm trying to think what is the most because I mean like I don't watch Game of Thrones in front of him. Got to You know I don't. I would openly watch Legion in front of him. Sure, Legion, not Legion. But no, he. He he wouldn't watch it on his own. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Like he wouldn't watch it when no one's there. He he's vaguely interested in DS9. He's more interested in me doing a podcast about Deep Space Nine. He finds that more interesting right. than the actual show. But no, no, it's not. And I mean, like Star Trek is not for the short attention span. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, he would much rather just be watching people on YouTube play Minecraft. But, uh, you know, I, I would like him to like it more. And I think maybe hopefully when he gets older, he would like these kinds of shows more. That's what my, I mean. What about your, yeah, your kids? Okay, I have, I have a have two-year-old a, son
3: yeah. who is not interested in anything unless it has wheels on it. And I have a eight-year-old daughter and I have a almost ten-year-old daughter. Well, like I said, I have, yeah, almost eight and almost ten years old. They're two years apart. And neither one of my girls have any interest in in my science fiction, anything that has to do with science fiction, they don't care for. They don't like alien, except for my oldest daughter. She likes Star Wars, but she likes the new stuff. She, she does not care for. Yeah. does not care for like the old stuff. She puts up with it just
1: so. Wait, she doesn't like the Princess Leia. On like she, she could like sense.
3: That's... She could sense the bullshit in media. She's got a good bullshit detector for media, and she knows like uh, built in. Sexism and she just that stuff bores her and turns her off. I think that she feels right. that she's, she's not Leia into
0: is, the prequels though, is she? She's never seen the prequels.
3: No, Princess Leia. She feels you're a good dad. <laughs> yeah, she he, Princess Leia. I think she feels doesn't get like enough to do in the first one, and I I just think she just feels just generally dissatisfied. Like she's all about Princess Leia when she's doing stuff, but in general doesn't get isn't getting given
1: enough mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, it's just like as a character, Princess Leia's. Great on that regard, but like as a as a function in the story, yeah, right. As an like as
3: an analog to somebody you could relate to, yeah, you know, if you're gonna put yourself in the position of what the girl's doing, you're you're bored, and she picks up on that. She much she we watch a lot of Studio Ghibli. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but Hayao Miyazaki films are some of her earliest. Mm like fandoms, like when she was a really little and my, and my other daughter too. And both of them have like strong female protagonists that treat them like human people with agency. And I think that kind of set the bar for what she, <laughs> what she measured everything else up against. So if something doesn't meet that uh, three dimensional character with agency, she kind of tunes out. Both of my daughters do. Yeah. But that's a good question, Kristen. I really appreciate it. Is that, oh, and the, the Expanse. Uh, Wade is our oh, resident. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I was about re- to say, Res- Res- Expanse.
0: We resident all need Expanse. to. Oh, uh, well, uh, okay. you're. I was. I was going to get into the Cronenberg outfits. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty great. That
1: was. I. I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, could
1: that have been a nod to that? Uh, it almost has to be. Now that I think about it. Because that is a distinctive sort of moment at the end of this, like, pretty big horror film. It, I mean, that's probably Cronenberg's popularity peak, really. It was right after The Fly. Uh, yeah. or, 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 so
0: that's what I mean, that, to say. Because, I mean, Star Trek is Star Trek. They're, yeah. They try to... They're not paying homages that often, but...
1: Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like, you'll see, like, uh, when you read... When I read these sort of behind-the-scenes things from... They're they're a little more cognizant of that than they than, were with like yeah. they're they're fan. Yeah. They're nerd fans. And so yeah, yeah. and I think that probably I wouldn't put it past Ronald D. Moore and I I even better to be Cronenberg fans. Oh yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah. but they're fine. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Uh, we I mean we liked them.
1: Cronenberg's amazing. He is he is maybe is he the most underrated I mean he's not American, he's Canadian, right. but is he the most underrated director? In the last, I haven't years. seen
0: a lot of his his recent work. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen. I've, I've seen Shivers a lot for some reason.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. You see Eastern Promises with the dick and knives scene. Right? I haven't
0: seen Eastern Promises. A, but
1: oh, you haven't seen Eastern I've seen Promises? i a few times. It
3: just makes you. What about a brief history? Of, yeah, have you seen a brief history
1: of violence? Yeah, yeah, that's great too. I've not. Oh,
0: I'm pretty behind.
1: But you haven't seen. Oh, so you haven't seen? Okay. Yeah, you're missing in, out on a chunk of. There's a Eastern Promises has a sequence in it where. Uh, is
0: there weird sex stuff? Because that's all I know for.
1: <laughs> there's some weird sex stuff in both of those movies, but the the sex stuff is all in uh, Eastern Promises. There's a sequence where. Become workers and is naked, and like he's being attacked with giant knives by like multiple thugs and i'm just like his dick his dick his dick like like nothing like the whole time i was like so uncomfortable yeah and it was like it, it was like uh,
0: like you could tell the knives are going, going the to, threat of the
1: threat, the threat of, of his,
0: dick, his g- dick getting cut off the, is, yeah that sounds very current it it's
1: so real and palpable and it's his real dick oh his dick's and it's like, oh, and it's, oh
0: yeah okay well i i gotta watch that movie <laughs> now <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's got haricorn's dick No, that but that that seems the most intense sequence i i, I that I watched the movie. That's what Vincent Casal's in that movie, and I love oh, yeah, that guy.
0: So. Yeah, this is a great email, Kristen. Yes, uh, voicemail. Yeah. Voicemail. I'm, I'm trying to read it to catch up. Uh, yeah, the acting <laughs> is '90s acting. Let's just get over it. They're fine. They're great. Maybe they're not the best. <laughs> uh, Anyways, The Expanse. Yeah, The Expanse is a great... It's it's kind of the anti-Star Trek, obviously. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, Everybody's
1: I, telling me it's Game of Thrones in space. That's,
0: that was their hard sell for it. And it kind of is. There's factions and political stuff. I like Palestinians. Yeah.
1: I've I've had a lot of hard pressure of people in my life
0: telling me that I need to watch the show. So yeah. I'll probably buckle I down. I only haven't caught up because my girlfriend was mad at me for watching. How many
3: episodes only... have you seen?
0: Oh, she's asleep. So I've only watched four. <laughs> you have to lie. Yeah, yeah, because I was supposed to wait and I didn't. Okay.
3: I uh, I have I, told her I read the book that it was based off of, and the book was written by two of George R. R. Martin's writing assistants. Like they teamed up and wrote a book, and the book felt very much like it was written by two different people at the same time. And I didn't care for a lot of the book prose wise and i didn't care for some of the execution uh it's a book of ideas and i just didn't care for the execution as you could see how well that works out for some folks on deep space nine and how i feel about that you can only imagine how i feel about the book <laughs> where you have a good idea and you're execute. i i feels like it was a marketed thing where the game of thrones like here we are we're proteges of george R. R. martin and we're doing basically game of thrones in space and that's how the books were marketed and now this is how the tv shows marketed so that kind of soured me on the whole expanse thing before i even saw the pilot now i saw the pilot when it was first came out and they posted it to youtube season one and i watched it and i felt like it was a close enough adaptation of the book that i didn't go forward because i'm like well i don't i kind of get bored watching uh like a, a exact thing of a book but i do understand that if they're doing taking it in a different direction and emphasizing some different characterizations and making it interesting that it's probably worth watching i'm in a little bit of a transitional period myself where i'm reassessing what i want out of my fiction and that might have to do with a larger thing of what's going on in the world and maybe how i look at things. So that's a weird way to get to so that. So wait a minute,
1: do you think that do you think that you're moving towards wanting more sort of engaged allegory or do you want more escapism? Do you want woke fiction or do you want a sleep fiction? What i want is
3: stuff not to miss the mark. And I don't want something aggressively marketed to me as something. So, for instance, whenever I read, like, Larry Niven's Ringworld, the science fiction book that came out in 1968 that everybody says is so great. or No, (laughs) 1970 is when it came out. I feel like I'm reading some aggressively marketed fan fiction to white, straight male men of the period. I'm not reading a story Mm. that has an idea behind it other than it's supposed to be a power fantasy. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's either You're going to, that's what I'm saying by what I reassessed, like when, what I'm wanting out science fiction, whereas, uh, I read Octavia Butler's, uh, Dawn and it like Mm -hmm. profoundly shook me to my core. Like it had made me take a deep look at myself that in a way I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I want something, if you're going to be, if you're going to be woke, execute it. If you're gonna escape, make me escape. You you sure as hell better not miss. Uh-huh. Don't take me out of it. So I'm like, whatever you're doing, you can do both. There's room in my life yeah. for both of those things. Just don't miss the mark, I guess.
1: But well, it sounds more like you just have a, like a you've had a heightened you've you've had an increased standard for what is acceptable. Yeah, in I'm reading.
3: 37 years old. I feel like the first 37 years went by pretty quick. I'm yeah. like death is on around the corner. <laughs> I'm not gonna mess around with stuff that doesn't work yeah. for
1: me. Yeah. Also, someone asked me one time, I, this is, I, I want to say this, like, basically for science fiction, it sounds like what you need is that just if Vox Day likes it, you don't read it. Like, whatever, like the, the <laughs> sick puppies or whatever right, right. that, that storm the Hugo Awards and Nebula Awards, those guys, whatever they right. hate. I like John Scalazzi. You would crack the spine on. Yeah. Who's the, who is the anti-Vox yeah, probably... Day. I mean, that's I Fox Day's main like, villain.
0: Yeah, isn't well, N.K. Jemison, I I keep meaning to read her. Like, oh, I have a book of hers. She's I need the to read. anti. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, but no, he's like sued. Yeah, yeah, John Scalzi. Well, but
0: yeah, but all, yeah, yeah, it's hard to be the anti-sick puppy if you're a white male, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably great, and Scalzi's great, but
1: yeah. yeah, he's not the he's the like yeah he's the white knight of the he's not yeah, the, yeah, yeah 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 no I agree. Um, someone someone said to me once it was like who. It, was, it happened a long time ago. Was, what was a great work written by someone under 30? Like, fiction is almost the opposite of music, like where there's been no, like, very slim, great music made after people, turn. you know, like most musical movements. Well, can are, can
0: it, we get a David Foster Wallace reference in here? What With what? Uh, didn't he write? under 30
1: no not infinite just. Yeah. i think it was written at oh, okay. li- at 30. his first book is a Through fucking the mess. systems kind i mean of, yeah. so yeah. all right well people use zadie smith's white teeth as an example of that that's um, probably the only one that i can think of because even like f- people that got famous didn't write like master of the 30. but what i'm starting to think is that i don't think that like like i think that it's hard to appropriately appreciate good things i mean i don't, i I'm not trying to be ageist here, and if people are in their twenties, I'm sure this is <laughs> yeah. Offensive. Fuck you. But I think that, like, I, I like hate the appreciation that I have, but, well,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's my own bitter jealousy. <laughs> uh, I, and
1: we probably don't have a lot of millennial fans. I, I know, it's not but a millennial, yeah. Show, and, but, and maybe they yeah.
0: they would be turned off by my aggression when I'm only reaching out to you out of <laughs> <laughs> my own pain. <laughs> but it,
1: but it seems like a literary appreciation. Also, you almost have to have have some age on you yeah have a little gray on you to to sort of get it because i think that there is i don't know like it's just easier for me to like see narr- not see narrative but see like actual like people as people because we can edit this down but like to see like stories that people that are worth telling
4: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to i don't think and when i was 20 i knew at all what the fuck a story was worth telling and what a story that wasn't worth telling and i think that that that's sort of the difference and in genre fiction which i don't have a history of loving but later have now sort of adapted to genre fiction you just it is nothing but tropes
0: yeah there's lots i mean of i
1: you know until you get to knowing what a what's a worthy story and then you can as- assume the the genre the tr- genre tropes to work for you as opposed to just sort of running into it station to station right and so yeah so i i think that i think i think we're all there you know, yeah, in in life, and so it leads to some reassessment about what what's quality. Oh, oh we got there from the expanse. Mm, what's that? okay. <laughs> That's
0: worth it. Okay, it's a good TV show, yeah, man. You <laughs> should watch it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I'm sure. I would, no, I'm saying that like his his reevaluation. No, making...
0: no, no. You're right. I'm just trying to trying to pull things around. <laughs> I'm very interested
1: in like what does being, what does living, and what does like consciousness look like in the age of Trump? And Hugh yeah, yeah. set a hook that I think. No, no, yeah, that went into that. So. Well, yeah. do you guys think this is a good
3: spot to end, Kristen? Thank you for the call. It was it was epic. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is a good spot. Uh, yes, we've gone pretty long here, so uh,
3: way over. Do you want to give the phone number and the email one more time, and then I'll sign us out?
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks again for your voicemails. Uh, we're getting more of them, and we want to make use of all of them. And because y'all, our listeners are great, and we love you. I mean, not in a weird way. I love, uh, whatever. Uh, and we love you in an appropriate yeah, amount. I, I love you. <laughs> in a uh, socially acceptable yes, way. But not in a weird <laughs> way. And yeah, we're going to make use of all these great voicemails however we can. And you will probably hear from us very soon about that. And to do so, you can leave us a voicemail at 917-408-3898 send us an email, find the email uh, at Acquisition at gmail.com find us on Twitter uh, but you know, you hear this call to action shit at the end of every podcast you listen to so just do what you want to just do just
1: thank God we don't have a Patreon Yeah, yeah, the- we're not asking for your money
0: yet just uh, yes, yet <laughs> uh, but All
1: right. hit us on Tumblr Tumblr yeah. Twitter, fucker, fucker, cocker
0: <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. All right. You know the drill. All right. Thanks
3: again for listening. Three to beam out.
6: Bloop. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917 408. 3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong, so feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.